radio transmission by me, Donald Dean. Make me an island. Hello and welcome to Make Me an Island of Ireland. This For You, episode 32, will be presented in part by our very special guest islander and singularly brilliant artist, Hilary Woods. Before we get into that, however, I want to start by taking a short detour back in time and up and over across the Mull of Kintyre to Scotland. Last episode, I played a song called Women of the World Take Over. It was a version by Jim O'Rourke that is bookended beautifully by long stretches of instrumental shadow play, which is perfect for catching a sound wave when giving an introduction the proverbial bit of welly. But on reflection, as deadly as Jim O'Rourke's version is, there's so much beauty and undilutable, irrefutable truth in the original that it's most likely a sin of some sort not to play it. Forgive me, I know not what I do 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 do. I'm sitting on the top of the world With my little black buzzer beside me My bum is cold and my face is white And I have a message for you it's very cold on the top of the world With my little black buzzer beside me My bum is cold and my face is white It's very, very cold up here this is my message from the top of the world From my little black buzzer beside me My bum is cold and my face is white This is my message to you Damn, the battery's gone. Little black buzzer batteries, anyone? In the same singular sense of the word, that's the one and only artist known as Ivor Cutler. Mr. to you and I, and everyone else for that matter. He was 37 before the halfpenny dropped and he started to use his own unconventional tones to voice his eccentric songs of innocence and wonder. The comic twist in every tale added fuel to these small but beautiful tales of hearts and souls on fire. Appearances on the BBC brought him to the attention of the Beatles, who cast him as a bus conductor in the Magical Mystery Tour, which, in a roundabout way, boom boom, is how George Martin ended up producing his 1967 album Ludo. Now you'll be aware of our love of both fields and songs about them here on Make Me an Island. We've been down that country road before, once or twice. But here comes the original and the best. Time to kick open both the gates of perception and that of the field in which it's time to lay down.
field of dreams in 1967, we skip forward a decade and a half to 1983 and Cutler's new label Rough Trade hooks him up with the ambient producer David Toop. Cutler made several albums in between, but this is the first time since the George Martin productions that there are musical components beyond the basic harmonium and the new settings cast the understated glory of the words in a fresh new light. Another jewel in the crown of this beautiful record are the sublime vocals of Linda Hurst. Full of sweetness and light, their tender duets are sadly and simply beautiful. Sit down and tell me you down, everybody. Ivor Cutler seemed to live by the epigrams he wrote, particularly, imperfection is an end, perfection is only an aim. His bizarre, unique, bleak, funny, touching and oftentimes achingly moving insights into life on the other side took many forms, while always taking a tight connection to your heart. The dryness of the observations are often at odds with the warmth that underpins everything. Beneath all the jokes, there's an unbreakable optimism and Scottish stoicism at play. Put your best foot forward, boys, and then the other foot as well. Step it out lively, boys. Step it out lively, boys. See how we go. Step it out lively, boys. Put your best foot forward. Put your best foot forward, boy. 
boys, the other foot boys as well. We want to get there, boys, it's half past ten. Our throats are sandy, boys, that's the worst of desert. Put your best foot forward, boys, and the other foot as well. Don't forget the other foot, boys, the other foot, boys, as well. Here's the mirage, boys, see how it glows. Stick your tongue right out, boys, and your throat wide open. Put your best foot forward, boys, and the other foot as well. Don't forget the other foot, boys, the other foot, boys, the other foot, boys, the other foot. Boys, the other foot boys as well. The other foot boys as well. As great comic writers do, Ivor Cutler used his sense of humour and way with words to poke fun at and dismantle the overall imbalance and many injustices in society. His political senses were finely honed and acutely tuned. Which brings us back to women of the world. This magnificent song, perhaps his crowning glory, closes the album Privilege. It's one of the most succinct answers to the question posed by the album's title. Here's what to do when the last vestiges of patriarchal power have petered out. The only sensible thing, a full and irreversible takeover. Women of the world, take over. Because if you don't, We haven't got long Women of the world Take over Because if you don't The world will come to an end And we haven't got long Men have had their shot and look at where we've got women of the world take over because if you don't the world will come to an end and we haven't got Shot and look at where we've got. We've been in the 
Men indeed have had their shot and look at where we've got. Reimagining how things could work in an ideal world, that's Linda Hurst alongside the great Ivor Cutler. He would go on wielding his pen against power for another 23 years, writing, composing and performing for 22 of those. His legacy, like his game from start to finish, is a thing of great strength. Strong is the word. Now to build us a bridge back to Ireland and the beautifully atmospheric sound world of our guest islander Hilary Woods, I'm going to play one final piece from Mr Cutler. Here he is in beguiling form on Robert Wyatt's rock bottom. Little Red Robin Hood hits the road. I fight with the handle of my little brown broom. I pull out the wires of the telephone I hurt in the head and I hurt in the aching bone Now I smash up the telly with remains of the broken phone I fighting for the crust of the little brown loaf I want it, I want it, I want it, give it to me. I give it you back when I finish the lunch tea.
down the highway towards the setting sun, the one, the only, Ivor Cutler. Time to turn our face to the west side now. After many months of trying, I am delighted to say that we have Hilary Woods joining us for the rest of the show today. Tracing the unique path she has taken to the waterfall will lead you through a sound world that is utterly haunting and completely her own. We'll be throwing some light on it together after this from Cult Inhaler. Thank you. 
from the album Cult that was Inhaler and I've been waiting uh, four years to talk to Hilary Woods about this amazing record. Hilary, it's so great to have you on the show. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me, Donal. It's, it's great to, to be here talking to you. Yeah, finally. Um, Hilary, the album Cult... Um, it's, uh, I mean, it's such a wonderful record. It's, it's notable the fact that you played, record, recorded it, and, and more or less made it everything yourself all the way until you kind of uh, worked with James at the end, I know. But um, so, yeah. like, the actual process, um, was it a couple of years? I mean, since the previous EP was 2014, so, so was the, was it, what, did it take those two years to realize that? Um. So I sort of sat down to record it um, in 2017 and I suppose it was kind of brewing. Some of the songs were, were written in 2017 and others were, were older than that. Um, but it was brewing for, for a while and I suppose um, I knew I wanted to make a record and I had kind of dabbled in different uh, recording setups and I was very broke and... Uh, I just decided to to plow on with with the few bits I had at home and um, sort of go from there. Uh, yeah, so yeah, the the process was one of sort of um, just keep, just keeping the faith really that I'd <laughs> I'd sit down. I, I think you know there's a psychological barrier at times. You know when it comes to making an album, it's uh, it's something quite looms large in your head, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> and, and at that I, at that point, were Sacred Bones on had been on board. So you you record for the label Sacred Bones, um, and I think it's a it's a perfect home for you. But how they were on board since when? So in 2017, I started to have conversations at Sacred Bones. Um, I had made loads of demos, and they'd heard those demos, and uh, yeah, we we began uh, conversing over the course of a few months and um yeah so i was thrilled about that and then when it came uh, to mixing the record um i was i was looking for someone to mix it and uh, i'd met james already and i really liked james and i liked where he was coming from and um so then then i went over to berlin uh yeah with my hard drives that act of keeping the faith right um, I mean it's not you know today or yesterday that you've had to keep the faith when, and, and to pursue that, that you know with great rigour um, your art uh, but I suppose you know after you're tested in such a way is there uh, I mean with such a wonderful result there, there has to be some sort of uh, feeling of resolution for, for all of that effort um yeah I feel so I felt very much um I suppose I was a single mother very early on in life uh, before I went to college and yeah. financially I was always uh <laughs> in the cracks yeah. living uh you know and I find it sort of my personal life I, I find uh I was very tested emotionally I, I struggled and I think I started writing songs from uh, sort of a space of not feeling much freedom or room to move. And so I felt imaginatively I could, songs could bring me there. So, um, 
in many ways, I think it's been a dialogue and I, I'm, I sort of, I really like the idea of integrating whatever one's going through. It could be mm-hmm. joy or sadness or adversity or, or you know, or ease uh, to just sort of um, keep the window of creativity open in, in, a, in a daily way. Mm-hmm. So in a way, um, it was always very important to me that. So is there a sense of resolution? <laughs> I think it's an ongoing thing because, you know, everyone has to adapt uh, daily to their lives and each day is like an invitation to to take that that enough again. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, um, yeah, in, in, in a sense, I think that uh, things, things uh, come together, um, I think, uh, sometimes, if you hold out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's a a pretty good message. In terms of, you know, the time that has been leading up to this, Hilary, I mean, as well as being a single mother, I mean, you went back, you, many people will know that you were a part of uh, the band JJ72. And after that, you went and studied literature, and then you studied a master's in film studies. So, I mean, what, what you do now if it's okay to say, I feel that there are so many elements involved in there. And again, you know, I keep saying this uh, to people in the podcast, but there is a very visual landscape involved in, in your music. Um, yeah. So, so, and, and clearly, you know, you exhibit and, and you do visual art. So, so, so uh, there's many strings to your bow at this point. Yeah, I suppose I went to college, um, A, because I needed some fresh air and I needed to get out of the house and have somewhere to go. Um, So (laughs) I didn't really go to college for any sort of academic or career uh, ambitions. I just went because I loved reading and uh, it was a way way for me to, you know, to, uh, I think, develop my practice in a roundabout way. But I think visually I started off painting. Um, I was obviously in a band very young, but I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable with the framework of that. And also I felt sort of stifled ironically, creatively. So on sort of exiting that, um, I sort of went back to the canvas and, um, yeah, I, I think I, I I kind of think many ways, I, I think visually, and I really love that side of it. And I think, you know, it's ultimately it's like genres of music. I don't I don't really think of uh, visual art is very, very far away from from making songs. Um, So to me, they just, you know, they kind of come in under the same. Yeah. Um, that's funny because I guess you know you're speaking to somebody who who receives it in such a way so I'm always delighted when when music (laughs) looks that good Um, just Hilary I know look uh, you described it really well in an interview about uh, thinking about you know your part musical part of of the beginning as being like you know a relationship that happened a long time ago which after a certain amount of time decades you tend to just not think about it anymore but just in terms purely on on the aspect of, of the making of music right and how it works so, so starting yeah. off there where it's still late 90s, very much part of the record company dominating and yeah. uh, also the studio system still being in place yeah. where it was a big deal yeah. to record to yeah. the point where 2016, you can, you know, uh, self-produce a masterpiece of, of sound uh, of your own accord. That's quite an arc, right? Um, yeah, I think. Uh, I suppose I was 17 in, in the band and um, I think you know I, I learned many lessons and, and I think the most important lesson was to listen to my own instinct and mm-hmm. um, 
and also I always felt comfortable in a kind of studio setup and it took me a long time to figure that out but I this idea that you can just uh, show up to a place between nine and five when you've got the money to do so and just press record uh, is very yeah. alien to me and yeah. I only know I, I'm only feeling how 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 alien that is now that I have my own setup at home so I I record say at night or very early in the morning and it's part of my day so I, I feel sort of um in a way it's kind of uh, inhabiting yeah coming full circle there um in within two decades I mean uh yeah I, I mean I think it's it's a way it's a homecoming of sorts when you can decide when to sing or not um <laughs> You know, the self-consciousness is sort of uh, that third party element of showing up to a studio and having yeah. to sing is not there. And I think uh, that's very rewarding for me. And also I feel at home and I, I think that mm-hmm. ultimately I think everybody strives to find work there at home in. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and just that process then, right? So when you feel at home, at home, it, it's, it's, um, so let's say with cold specifically, we'll listen to another song from that and then we'll, we'll listen to your most recent record, um, yeah. in a little while, but just, just that, the, the layering that you do with the sonically. So where does it start with the piano and with the words or, or is that the beginning foundation? Uh, I think also that's shifted through time. Um, I, I write, uh, I mean, I've written quite a lot of songs on guitar, but I'm not a guitarist. And um, that's that's also a sort of a dynamic there uh, that I can only work within a certain palette yeah. that I'm interested in. But um, on the piano, I, I feel it's more of a native instrument to me. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it depends on, uh, with Colt very much, they started out as songs. Uh, yeah. So where Birthmarks was definitely a venture into uh, sonic the world of of sound more yeah which, yeah so in, in a very spectacular way and that's that's definitely where i want to the conversation to lead to because i mean yeah. in, in a very brave way but um yeah but so so these effectively began with the words in the notebook um in with cults yeah um let me see uh, so, so we're going to listen to yeah. kith what about this yeah. one oh kith kith wrote itself um <laughs> Uh, you know, so uh, those words came in one sitting, and I think, um, yeah, it was just I was I was sitting in the window of opportunity at the right time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let's join you there at the uh, window of opportunity, and from uh, Cold, the wonderful Kith by Hilary Woods.
such a beautiful sound. How does it feel to listen back? Um, <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's uh, strange because I haven't heard it in, in quite a while. Yeah. I've played it. I've played it to myself, but that's quite different to listening to the actual yeah. recording of it. Sure. Um, um, so, so, yeah. so we'll say when something is, is finished and you know it's done, like, um, is there a period of just not ever uh, hearing it for a while again? Or, or is it, how do you kind of, how do you arrange that? Um, I think that it's a process of great kind of humility and acceptance because yeah. I think often, as was the case with Colt and, and everything I've ever put out, uh, time was money and I just had to sort of decide on on a version of the song. Um, so you can't keep going and finessing it forever. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, myself and James were very happy with that when we finished it back in 2017. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's a the case if I just have to, I've already shed that skin. I just, it, it, you know, it can go and do its thing and I'll, I'll never listen to it again. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and on to the next thing. Um, so, so I suppose, you know, we'll, we'll listen to, I, I just want to also pick your brain about some tracks that are influential tunes. Um, so we might kind of go to those in a while, but I do want to pick up from this point when it comes to where you go next after Cult. But let's say um, we pick uh, some of the tunes. So uh, what about um, Dirty Beaches, um, this beautiful tune, which I didn't know till you Lord knows best. Ah, uh, yeah. I, lo I love this album, Badlands. Um, I think it was released in 2011. But uh, Alex Chang Hong Tai, um, yeah, he's just a great artist. He's a, yeah. I, I love this record because it's, it, it's, it is actually very visual. Like it's, it, to me, it's, it's like a Wong Kar Wai movie. And, yeah. um, and I can hear lots of influences from sort of six, 60s new wave, um, Charlotte Goddard and... Yeah. Francois Hardy and Jacqueline Taleb, I can hear kind of that in the structure of the songs. Yeah. And obviously there's a big uh, Elvis influence going on. And I grew up with, in a household where, you know, my mum loves Elvis and, um, yeah. and my daughter loves Elvis. Really? So, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? I, I've got like a, a family with five boys and one girl and, and uh, my sister Marion was the sixth uh, to, in the family and she was born the day Elvis Presley died and my mom was a huge fan as well. So look, we've got kind of like a <laughs> quadruple Elvis thing going on there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I think... Yeah, I don't know. My, my mom's Elvis. I, I'm not sure if she's... Elvis and Abba were her thing, so... Uh -huh. <laughs> And and so that kind of yeah so I mean um, I think that like the the dirty beaches sound is it's so beautifully styled so yet and yet it's you know incredibly heartfelt which is a lovely kind of combination. Yeah yeah um, yeah I love the way uh, well I love I love how it's kind of it's full of texture yeah, and exactly uh, there's a great atmosphere and I'm immediately transported to this underground. Yeah. With neon, neon lights and yeah. kind of the semi claustrophobia. Yeah. And I just, I, everything Alex does, I, I love. So. Yeah, brilliant. Let's hear it. Lord knows best, Dirty Beaches.
beautiful choice, uh, Hilary. Um, I take it that the you know your relationship with with other, uh, from, judging from the conversations that we've had, that the, your relationship with other music is that you you remain a keen fan of of new music. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I listen to a lot of music. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I do. When when it uh, comes, yeah, go on. Sorry. No, just across 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 the board. I don't I don't have any particular yeah um, genre that I love more than others. You know. Yeah, uh, and when it comes to that kind of you know what you were saying there about the production on Dirty Beaches, like is is you know is there sort of some kind of thing that you're that you could say for sure is your philosophy when it comes to production or is it something that you know you're open to the fact that that's always changing as you hear more things and and so on and so forth yeah i think it's definitely a felt thing um to do with where i am i think in in my life like i I think that i as as i'm as i go on the less the less i like shiny things Mm -hmm. um I like a sense of experimentation or pushing something, mm-hmm. um, pushing myself, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I think I'm drawn more to, uh, as I go on, I'm drawn more to um, sort of uh, recording on the fly or, you know, it's not about so much a polished product. It's about something else, about yeah. um you know, the process or what you're interested in and what is a record. This idea that records are 10 shiny tracks uh, doesn't really interest me. Yeah. I don't know if that answers. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Well, look, I I was going to stick with your your choices for a little while, but um, we'll we'll pick up again on the production uh, question there when it comes to your new record, Birthmarks, which I think, you know, is everything that you just said there. It's remarkable in so many ways. And uh, we'll talk about that in a little while. But let's keep with uh, some of the picks for the moment. Right. So I had never heard uh, FERPA. Is that how you pronounce it before yesterday? But um, Uh, FERPA, yeah, this is actually... um, I only discovered FERPA about four months ago. And then I started to sort of breathe, like listening to FERPA, just doing my own breathing exercises. And um, I was also reading Dante's Divine Comedy at the time. And I just somehow, just the whole thing. (laughs) 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 I was in the the inferno doing breathing exercises. (laughs) <laughs> there's, a, there's a beautiful synchronicity there but, uh, well I, I i was kind of hoping for for an introduction but not sort of like yeah anyway there you there you go that's the perfect introduction to this incredible sound of a furpa thanks very much hillary
of a sudden, absolutely everything is different. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and that's what I love about that piece. It's like a rite of passage. They start at one point and you literally come out of it at a different, yeah. <laughs> your, your cellular level, something changed. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so absolutely. Um, the thing, so look, let's keep going with uh, with some more suggestions um, of yours, Hilary. Um, yeah. So from E.G. Bamyazi, you've picked can and vitamin C. Um, like, you know, uh, absolutely fascinating, uh, groundbreaking and important group. Um, they, they were they were capable of turning over, or turning out some uh, really catchy pop songs, right? You so, know, with, uh, with, with with I Want More and Vitamin C, there's there's two examples of I think they made Top of the Pops with uh, I Want More, possibly. But um, like it's it's kind of, you know, distilled into something really short and perfect with Vitamin C. Yeah, I think um I love the sound of this song. It's like as if I'm standing beside the room mic in a rehearsal room. Yeah. And um, I love the way it's, there's a looseness to it yeah. that I'm really drawn to. And I can kind of, um, I, you know, I, I think this idea of, uh, you know, you, you, the idea that one can make pop songs and then make other very exp experimental stuff, you know, um, I, I think that's... You know that's inspiring, and yeah. um, I think the drummer in this band is amazing. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I could just I love the way uh, like lots of seventies stuff like Moondog and Meredith Monk and all right, I'm not sure Meredith Monk is on seventies, but lots of experimental tra traits and elements I hear from from like this song I can yeah. hear you know, yeah, woven through other other stuff. Yeah, and, and I suppose it takes so much skill to be able to bring those, you know, disparate, far out elements and turn it into something that makes uh, every, uh, you know, all the people dance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, it's just, every time I hear this song, I just puts a spring in my step. Yeah, which is just what you need. That which puts a, a spring in your step <laughs> shall be allowed stay. Okay, let's hear it. So vitamin C.
forgotten about those uh, strange sounds at the end. Um, <laughs> so did I. <laughs> so, uh, wow. Um, so incredible, right? So um, that, that's Jackie Leapsight on the drums. Um, yeah. And uh, actually, Demo Suzuki, uh, Hilary, um, played or came and played. He's played a few times, many times, I think. But there was one particular show that he did at the uh, Kilkenny Arts Festival. And, yeah. and Matthew Nolan, my friend, was in charge of, of the improvised groups that he plays with in each place. He just uh, picks up a group and uh, improvises and, and rehearses a bit and then improvises shows. And it was amazing. But I got to do visuals right at the thing and oh, wow. so all wow. day I'd been I'd been waiting to, to just say hello and say what I was doing and uh, and so he was incredibly polite but uh, so he said uh, and it was just before the show he was like okay so you do the visuals yeah um, uh, so are there any images of people skiing <laughs> I was like there's no traces of any humans whatsoever and he was like this sounds great. <laughs> but like, uh, I thought, what, if, what a beautiful question. Are there any images of people skiing? So I was um, delighted to, 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 to relate to him that there was absolutely none of that. Uh, or, 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 uh, but uh, yeah, and, and play this wonderful show. Um, I mean, with, with, with Hulk Herzuka, it was just a, a, an incredible collision of talented people in that uh, kind of beauty explosion in, in the whole can setup, I think. Yeah. Um, I want to just go on to some to some vocalists uh, before we go back to uh, talking about birthmarks, uh, Hilary. Um, so let's go to Sybil Byer first. Um, yeah. God, I mean, there's so many amazing things about her. I, I suppose it's one of those stories that... Um, Kind of like Linda Perhaps as well. I don't know if you know her music. Yeah, that that somebody do, yeah. somebody <laughs> who 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 finds got, gets to the place uh, that everybody's trying to get to, and then somehow events or life conspires, and you leave that place and you just do something normal, or, or you take yeah. up life the way um, you know. As in, you, you kind of you 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 get to the point that uh, yeah, as I say, you reach it, and then you just are able to go and and walk away from it. So yeah. I. I was surprised to learn that she um, she had actually acted in a couple of uh, Vim Vendor's early 70s mu- uh, movies. So so the album was recorded in either 71 or, 70, or 72. Um, yeah. But um, so, yeah, what, what is it about her that, that touches you? Oh, I just, uh, yeah, I just love, um, I love the honesty of these songs. And as I say, she just, she just gets to that place. Yeah. Um, she touches that nerve and... Uh, and it's left really beautifully intact and the songs are so concise and the lyrics just are very touching from the get-go. And I, th- I think that, um, yeah, I mean, I love her story. Um, yeah. I love the fact that she just, you know, she didn't feel the need to exploit it or, mm. <laughs> you know, um, take it on the road, but maybe, maybe she wanted to, I, I'm not sure. Or yeah. m- maybe she just wanted to leave it there. Um, yeah. You know, and maybe there's this, I suppose, you know, maybe there is an assumption that she, you know, life interrupted or intervened. Mm-hmm. But also, um, I think also this, uh, that question of, of when to step away from something and. Um, yeah, sure. Not uh, sort of uh, ring it dry. Yeah. Or, or even ring it at all. <laughs> yeah, even ring it at all. Even ring it at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, uh, I, but, I think you know, I, I face that question. But, but I guess, I guess, look, I guess, it's part of the ongoing inner dialogue of the artist. Is you know. 
what is the point at which you know things have changed or you know what I mean as in it's always going on right where you're just trying to figure out what's the point but um, I guess it's in everything you know if you think about the sports person or you know where that period of like being fantastic and knowing you're not as fantastic as you were and just you know the kind of various levels of self yeah the realization yeah. that it might be time <laughs> but, um, but it's, 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 it's just I suppose look for whatever reasons that Sybil did right or, or Linda um, I think it's it's incredible that that you could you know walk away from something that you know most people are, are dying to get to you know I think that yeah. yeah I think it's always refreshing to see hear and hear stories for various reasons but um and yeah. um so let's just hear it and uh, okay. give it a listen so it's the end right yeah. yeah it's the end friend of mine it's the end friend of mine Time is over oh, We could simply say I love you Now you open the door Leave me crying Trying to embrace you again Trying to face this damn situation Man, I can't It's the end It's the end, sweet friend of mine, dear friend, I cannot tell the reasons why we started well, good time, give me some wine when you open the door, you seem hurt, do try to speak a It's the end, friend of mine It's the end, sweet friend of mine Time seems to be over When we could simply say I love you Now you open the door I feel cold why can't I hold you in my arms, told you that life is short but love is old? It's the end, friend of mine. It's the end, sweet friend. Wow. I mean, it's, it's, she's almost, it's almost conversational, that, that delivery, right? So it's so restrained and yet it's so powerful. Um, and, and when you take in the kind of subject matter is, uh, I don't know, some singers, yeah. some people kind of sing or say something, sing or say something while they're singing, but they sing in such a way that it's kind of like something you've never heard before, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? As in like, even the way she is, what she's doing there, I don't know. It's totally her. Yeah, I, I love the restraint. And mm. I think it kind of um, ties in with that notion of when to walk away from something, a conversation where um, an idea, when, when to leave an idea sort of digest or, or mm. um, 
you know, I think, yeah, I think it's, it's, um, that's interesting. So like that, that kind of beautiful restraint there that it's, you know, it says so much, right. And it, it's, it's, um, so, so much, yeah. The less is definitely more. And yeah. Well, I mean, to, to be able to get to that level within sort of the, the, you know, what you know yourself of recording your voice, right? Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's possible that she's just a total natural, right? Yeah, I think it takes uh, great confidence. I think the, the relationship between um, uh, between your voice and and you, uh, the, the you know what you want to express. I think that's um, that's always intrigued me, and um, I, I think that's why this her album, The Color Green, is really um, speaks to me. Yeah, because she gets that so right, is it? Yeah, and also it's almost like it's almost the song sort of um, connects in in what she do, she isn't saying. Right. You know? Yeah. As much as as much as what she is saying, there's well, great. Okay. Um, there's a great trust there between uh her and the person listening she kind of there's a i don't know how i experience it is that she's trusting uh the list like me or whoever's listening um, with we know what she's talking about or referring to so she doesn't need to spell it out got you yeah and i think that's I think that's a beautiful relationship across time and space between a creator and wow, you know, absolutely! Snare. What a beautiful thought. I mean, the thing is, so so. Do you think that that is unique to music? Obviously, then that 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 thing you're talking about there, that connection. Uh, no, I don't. I think there's many secrets unfolding in spaces mm-hmm. in, in, many, in many different mediums. Your mm-hmm. body is, you know, that's that's one thing I I love about art. You know, it brings you into cubby holes yeah. <laughs> that you can because I can console you or um, yeah and that can reach speak. out and, and, and get through to you yeah absolutely and I think there's a great courage in in what she's doing in that she's uh, the lyrics are so concise and yeah. uh, and they're, they're not there's no fluff it's just yeah they're, they're simple lyrics yeah you know, but, but so powerful yeah and and uh, yeah and again in terms of like the visual kind of palette it's 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 she draws from from a very you know it's not very wide but yet it's perfect in its rendering you know like as in you know it's all there yeah it's so specific it's just beautiful mm. um yeah so so just to go back so like in terms of of you know what each medium is capable of and the power of um the different powers involved in each i mean so to you, it's just some that music is, is the one that, that you, is closest to hand, but, you know, it, uh, lots of other things inform that, but you believe strongly in, in many others as well. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, to me, inter- like, music sort of stands at the intersection of, say, literary and visual yeah. and sonic. <laughs> you know, it, it, it sort of comes and together. I'm breathing. <laughs> that old chestnut. And, uh, that old chestnut. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, I just love the the, um, the economy in in writing music, and yeah. I also I also felt that to me, music sort of has it all. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. So, sure. Well, you're in a good position to speak, uh, Hillary. I would I would I would definitely trust and listen to your opinion on that one. Um, so look. Onto the sticking with the singers, right? So we've got a, a very different type of singer here um, with Eartha Kitt. Yeah, um, yeah. I suppose I grew up in a household. Uh, my dad collected Nat King Cole and 
Bing Crosby records and Frank Sinatra. And yeah. We didn't have a telly, but when we when we sort of we used to. It sounds very crazy, but we used to borrow one at Christmas um, <laughs> from my neighbour. Hey, listen, look, <laughs> you definitely don't have to feel crazy saying that because I've yeah I've got some funny stories about my early television ex- experiences, which were all arranged and all involved neighbours as well. <laughs> totally crazy but I can only look back at all you know at my parents sort of vision of how they wanted to sort of yeah run the well, house look off. I think I think I think I'd like to, to send them uh, all, all our appreciation for for what they did you know uh, because you know clearly you grew up with uh, yeah other senses being activated well there was a great appreciation in in the house for sort of old Hollywood movies like uh, Casablanca yeah. Proper Don't respect. Yeah. So, <laughs> and um, so we used to just all gape in front of a screen once a year at, at all these uh, yeah. these movies that we'd missed out on. So I think um, Eartha Kitt for me was just sort of the elements kind of, I, yeah. I, I suppose I can hear Ella Fitzgerald and Doris Day and, and all these singers I sort of grew up with. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Um, let's hear it and, and we'll chat about it then again. So...
uh, music from borrowed television sets at Christmas time. Um, Eartha Kitt there. Um, um, the she's she's so cool, right? I mean, I was I was I'm old enough to remember her having a hit with uh, "Where Is My Man." So um, I, yeah. and seeing her and being yeah astounded by her. Um, Cool lady. Um, I, I I just read recently, um, Hilary, that the most popular name in um, male name in the last while in Europe, I think, is now Liam, right? And um, I think you know, there's probably you know the Liams that people know are probably um, uh, Gallagher, etc. Partly yeah. the reason, but I just wonder why aren't there more people called Eartha? I know. What a name! Yeah, what a name! I guess if you yeah. called Eartha, you don't really want another Eartha turning up. No, you know, not really. It's so no. bloody good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Such a good name. It's totally wonderful. Um, so look, um, Hilary, if we, at this point, maybe we'll just swing back to um, your own work, right? So yeah. four years in between um, this year's album, Birth Marks. Um, when, I, when I read that Lassie Marhaug, is that how you to pronounce it? Yeah, Lassie. Yeah. Lassie. Um, when I heard he was producing, now his work, the work that I would be most familiar with is the incredible work uh, collaboration with Jenny Haval. Yeah. Um, like, it's just, you know, it's a rewarding, it's a challenging listen, but once you commit to that, uh, what, what, what strikes me is um, just what a step into a whole different world it is and, and how um, fantastic that was to take that route. You know, you could easily have, have done another cult, but um, yeah. you chose not to. Yeah, I chose not to. I think um, I actually didn't. I wasn't uh, that acquainted with Jenny's work. Yeah. Um, I uh, a friend of mine gave me a record called Gill back in 2013 or so, and I knew Lassie from from that record. Uh-huh. And that record was by Ok Young Lee, the cellist who subsequently played on Birthmarks. Yeah. So there was a sort of beautiful synchronicity about that. But. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was playing a gig, a gig in Oslo and I emailed Lassie and I said, would you like to meet me? And he, he said, yeah. And I was, got incredibly nervous. Um, yeah. But uh, so um, I was playing a gig with Lowe actually, supporting them. Oh, and yeah, um, So I'd never, I didn't know what Lassie looked like, but I kind of was skulking around the bar area at the back of the venue and... I, I just thought, oh God, that must be him. <laughs> uh, just anyway, on first meeting Lassie, uh, there was a great affinity between us. We, we were interested in the same things, and mm-hmm. why? I suppose he's he's um he's a great sound artist, but he's also a great filmmaker, which has yet yeah. to be sort of revealed. Yeah, because uh, right, so that's on the way. But I mean, just just to yeah. put people in the picture, I mean, he's. I mean, he's he he's, so noise improvisation, drones. Yeah. He's he's got like a whole sound world going on. He got a whole sound world going on, and he uh, um, he grew up in the Arctic, and and um, he used to see the guy bringing up bringing his tape in the snow <laughs> across <laughs> these plains to him, and he was always very interested in noise. And he he's um, the, the best thing about working with Lassie is he really um, helped me in grow in confidence. Uh, right. He always reminded me to listen to my instincts and um, I, I just, I, it was a really great process to work mm-hmm. together and I learned a lot from them. Yeah. Where did it occur actually then, the actual uh, recording? So I'd say I recorded an awful lot of it at home and he, uh, we recorded, a, we recorded saxophone and cello in Norway and, um, and then I came back to Ireland and did vocals and I went back and forth really. Mm-hmm. So I'd say 
yeah. 50% here at home and 50% in at his studio in Norway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, come here. Can we just come here? Can we can can we play something? Maybe. Um, yeah. Probably one of my favorites from the album. Um, this is Lay Bear. So, anything in particular you want to introduce uh, this with, Hilary? Uh, no, not really. Other than this one, really. Uh, this song radically changed in the process of making the record. It was the one track on the record on the on the album that changed the most in the course of its making. Okay, yeah. brilliant. We um, might find out more about the, the reasons why in, in just a second there. So, so lay bare. Birthmarks, uh, that's Lay Bear. Um, Hilary, the, the, the sound world in making that um, and throughout the record, I mean, there's incredibly, um, you know, uh, a huge range of, of, of dynamics and, and, there's, and there's lots of, uh, you know, things that 
aren't normally included in the mix. But and for that reason, I suppose when it comes to you know where you were coming from with the themes of the record and how the production ended up, it, it, did that feel like a really good fit for for what you wanted to do? You know, before you you hooked up with Lassie. Um, I think you know. Um I suppose uh, my initial conversations with Lassie were sort of concerned with um, how how to see, as opposed to what I'm seeing, how, yeah. how I'm viewing things. And I wanted to sort of um, make sure the dirt was still on that window. You know what I mean, like a almost like very textual record where, yeah. and um, um, the interiority of the record was sort of creating a, creating a world that was sort of very intimate and kind of womb-like was important to me. Yeah. Um, I suppose the record, um, the themes of the record were there before, um, you know, from the get-go. So I, I was kind of, this record, I felt um, I was writing for at least two years, you know, prior mm -hmm. to meeting Lassie. Mm -hmm. And a lot, of, a lot of things got scrapped, including the guitar and vocal melody of this track. Um, mm -hmm. Because... When it came time to record, I was just concerned concerned with capturing something that was still live to me on tape. And I mm -hmm. think an awful lot of the time you can write a song and say when you go and record it two years later, it just doesn't do anything to you. Right. And I, um, so in that sense, this this song had changed the most in that process. Yeah. And, and in, I suppose in, the, in that way, you know, that, that songs gestate and grow and become something different as in they take on a different form and therefore they yeah. necessarily have to be, they sound different. Um, yeah, I think I think I'm kind of um, I think a lot about what records mean or what what is it why what yeah. is it about the form of the record that I'm drawn to yeah and um, I think birthmarks sort of <laughs> uh, you know sort of illuminated that question all the more you know since I've since I've stepped away from that you know as yeah. to what, what what to do next and yeah. all that. Yeah. And, and 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 what does that feel like right now, or where is the where is your thinking on that? I feel um, I think courage and bravery is, is a, uh, have to play a huge part. I think if I don't feel sort of that I'm sharing something that I feel vulnerable vulnerable about, I, I think I, I may as well not not make it, you know, make, mm -hmm. make whatever it is. Yeah. So, um, and, and is the making kind of a response to that, 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 uh, realization? Um, yeah, I think, um, I suppose, I, I suppose a making for me, it's, it's kind of like a primary relationship. Like mm -hmm. I feel. Yeah. Mm. It, that comes across in the work, you know, I, I, I honestly, um, I knew birthmarks was, uh, it's, it's, um, it's, it's left to center. There's no, yeah. there's no top of the pops or anything. <laughs> <laughs> this time. But look, I think, I think that, look, okay. So look, from the point of view of the listener, right. I, yeah. I, I too accept that it's, it's, it's challenging, but ultimately more rewarding for being that. And I think if you're going to take those steps, you're being just true to that, that, you know, the integrity of the thing is remarkable. And, and, um, and I, I, I do feel that top of the pops is not entirely ruled out <laughs> going forward, going forward. Going forward. Um, yeah, look, I, 
I'm endlessly proud of Birthmarks. Yeah. It was a it was a wonderful journey, and um, I've come out the other end. Um, I feel I, I feel that's uh, yeah, it was it was truly worth taking that journey, and um, regardless of 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 whatever you know. And then I and I was I was lucky that the label loved the record too, so. There. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I reiterate it must be it must be feel reassuring. I, I'm just asking you: Is it reassuring to have people who who listen with the same open ears that you have yourself? Yeah, I think you know, I think that was very important to me from the get go that yeah. I that my work was contextualised within a space that had breathing room to change and grow yeah. as a human being. Yeah. And also to to work with people who are who are real art lovers, yeah. and um, they're not too concerned about trends and you know hobnobbing in, in cliques or you know yeah. they they always they always bring it back to the work and the integrity of 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 what they're trying to do and yeah. and um, so it's good yeah. And and just before we finish up, Hilary, um, firstly, like, thank you so much for, for taking so much time to talk to us. I think we should do another jukebox session at some point because <laughs> I think, uh, I feel like you're only getting started there, but, um, uh, and I'd love to pick your brains again another, another time. But just when it comes to, like, what you can do next, so just to give us an idea of the extent to which you um, toured after Cult and, you know, the plans that were, any plans that you had that are obviously set aside for now, but... but where was that at in terms of um, your touring in the last while up until well, actually, yeah, um, the before time? Well, I was actually, um, I was at, in the airport when Varadkar came on the tally and delivered a speech yeah. and I was the only person in the airport. Yeah, going. And going to Scotland to do my first gig to promote Birthmarks. <laughs> nice. So, <laughs> and I, so I didn't, I didn't get on the, get on the plane. But, um, you know, I... Yeah, so all my plans to to tour this record have been um, side, you know, sidestepped. But um, yeah. in a way, you know, that that's that, that's okay. You know. Yeah. And how did it? Like, how did performing feel in the last while? Is it something that that again, like, you know, what we've been talking about here? We're talking about your work since 2016. We could go back, you know, further to the beginning of the decade, and and there's an even more, um, you know, uh, another story to tell. But just in terms of how you feel and felt performing, um, where were you at by the time that it ended there? I mean, comf- um, comfortable and enjoying it? I think the comfortable and enjoying it bit, I, you know, that that's rare, you know, for me in terms of performance. You know, I, I feel like that, um, I, what I love about performance is that you go on stage and, you know, uh, you can meet all sorts of, of monologues in your head and, and then just, if you get lost in sound and get lost beyond uh, what's the next song, yeah. if you can kind of go beyond that barrier, then that's a great gig. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it took a lot to get there, I think, uh, yeah. to be comfortable in going out on stage. But every night is different. And yeah, um, yeah so I do miss it. Although when I'm doing it, you know, I, it's, uh, it depends on the day you're speaking to me about it, you know. Sure, yeah. But right now, where you are, having uh, not been able to do it for a while, um, Hilary, are you just concentrated on on making uh, for the next while, or, or where is your process yeah. at the minute? 
Uh, yeah, this is this is my favorite sort of part of of it all. Um, yeah, just just to make the making and the writing and the sort of yeah the living with ideas and yeah. So I, I'm enjoying that. Um, but then I, I also find lockdown incredibly slow going. It's all sluggish yeah. and yeah. all muggy. So yeah. Um, when it comes to the to the environment that that you work in at present, so you're in the country, right? You're in the countryside. There's not a lot of um, street lights. Be <laughs> <laughs> uh, surprised. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm actually. I'm. I, you know. I'm. I sort of have one foot in Dublin. I'll be based in Dublin very shortly. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. I'm just but, wondering about about sort of the extent to which you leave the weather into the to the process. You know, because at this time of yeah. year, for instance, it's like hard not to right to have a bit of November rain in your textures. Totally. I love actually. I I really love winter. Yeah. Because um, yeah. for me, winter is it's all about. I love the chance to create in winter. Um, yeah. The summer, summer, there's not as much of a necessity for me to create because the sun is shining and yeah. You know, would it be? Would you be offended if I said your your music begins to sound even better when when the winter kicks in? Oh uh, no, not at all. Gosh, yeah. not at all. <laughs> but, I think um, it was made for the winter. <laughs> made for by and in the winter by Hilary yeah. Woods. Um, but um, yeah, so 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 you're coming into the to the period where. I suppose you have the most time in terms of, you know, the darkness being a time where you don't necessarily feel uh, the, the hours in the studio pass. Um, do you know what I mean? As in, as in uh, they, don't, they pass a lot quicker when, when you don't have, when there's nothing outside. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I, I like when there's nothing going on, you know. Uh, and where do you bring, you know, the way you were talking earlier um, about, we, we say, about breathing and so on and so forth. Like, do you bring... Your, you know your technique in that department when it comes to working on stuff we'll say if you're if you're working on vocals or so on and so forth like how do you prepare yourself to to do that to sing or even at a gig uh, mm -hmm. situation yeah i mean look i i think you know my voice is uh very porous like i find if i'm anxious i can't really sing yeah. like it, it, it's like a boa constrictor around my neck yeah. So I feel breathing and in a way it helps me in in all areas just to breathe but I, I suppose um i just, just lie down on the floor and breathe it's <laughs> yeah. you know but it does help with singing yeah sure that's the kind of technique um well um hillary again uh, thank you so much for for being our guest today and um i'm going to play out um with another tune from birthmarks um hopefully we'll get to see you perform these before too long that's my wish anyway um okay. so uh, orange tree anything about this one it seems like a key piece in in the overall album uh, no, I wrote the song. Um, this is probably the oldest song on the record. Okay. Uh, I wrote it a long time ago, and it's kind of it lived with me through many guises, you know. Um, so I, I knew that birthmarks was my opportunity to actually just put it put it to bed. You yeah. Know? Uh, so you gave the call, Orange Tree. It's time. Yeah. Um, and with that, we're going to play out on Make Me an Island today. Thanks again to Hillary. Thanks to you all for listening, and thanks to all our patrons. And this is Orange Tree. It's gross. 